Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Unity FM 93.5. You're tuned into Parenting Hour. As usual here on a Tuesday evening, mashallah. Although it's a bit of a dreary, dreary and wet Tuesday evening, uh, still we are glad to be here. Alhamdulillah, we have a lot to be grateful for. We hope that you will enjoy this session with us, inshallah, and stay with us for the hour. If you need to ring us, we're on the usual number, 0121 or you can email studio at unityfm.net Thank you also to our Luton listeners who are tuned in on Inspire FM 105.1. It's always nice having you on board and we look forward to hearing from more of our listeners down there. If you'd like to ring in or email in, we're always looking forward to hearing from you. Of course, some of you may be tuned into this show on the web through the website which is www.unityfm.net or you may have downloaded the new app which I know I find very useful as I'm going around now and listening to Unity FM that I can listen to it on the go so to speak um, do download it if you don't have it it is very very useful inshallah today we're going to talk to a speaker that's been on the phone a guest that's been on the, uh, the, the um, show previously her name is Maria Hoffer, and it's uh, always great to have Maria back in the studios. Hi, Maria. Welcome to our show. Welcome to Parenting Hour. Hi, Kathleen. Thank you for having me back on the show. Thank you indeed. In this new year, we're bringing on a lot of different topics this, this new year onto the, onto the show. We've had uh, a lot of a variety, actually, since we started back in the new year. Last week, we were talking about buying houses because some people were telling us that they were either upgrading or downsizing in the new year. And we thought it would be a good idea to have a surveyor on to, to talk about what you needed to do if you were buying a new house or even move on premises because some businesses are growing and some businesses wanted to know about that as well, buying premises, commercial properties. And there was a very big response to that. So that was interesting. Um, and so you're nodding there as well. Yes, Maybe some yes sounds background. very interesting. Yeah, some uh, useful information for people. If they want to hear that show, of course, if they missed it, they can always download it from our website because we do put up the shows also on, on our website. Um, and it may not be now that people want to hear something like that because sometimes you, you, you don't think about these shows until you're in that state of mind. So when you're buying a house or buying a property, you think, oh, there was something about that. Where can I hear that again that I can know what to do? So that's why we like to tell people about downloading them on the uh, Unity on our approachable parenting website. Yeah, I think that's a very good idea. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think nobody has a clue really what the year ahead of them looks like and uh, what challenges might be ahead and what they might need to tap into. And so having something that they can download like that, I think, is a great resource. Exactly, exactly. And we're talking about challenges ahead and New Year's. Have you made any New Year's resolutions? Well, I've made some New Year's resolutions, one very personal to me about weighing myself every day. Mm -hmm. And that's about as far as it will go. (laughs) (laughs) And the other, which is around trying to really be more mindful about my stress levels and anxiety levels. Mm -hmm. I think running any business whether it's a charity or community-based interest company like mine and like yours Mm. Kathleen Mm -hmm. uh, is fraught with lots of um, challenges that we need to keep ahead of and that that can be very difficult so you know high stress levels at the end of 2016 
really brought home to me how important it is to to manage stress and think about strategies for improving well-being into this year. Yes, I'm really delighted that you're saying this and, and actually all our listeners you should really tune into this message because I've only heard recently of three people three people, some of my friends, two of them have been friends and one of another person that I don't know personally all women in their 40s that had strokes Goodness me mm. and due, mainly due to stress mm. in each case so this is you really huge that mothers working in businesses and working with the family and trying to cater and juggle everything, probably not releasing their stress or not even understanding the, how much stress they're under and then uh, suffering with strokes, which is uh, unbelievable, yes, really, really yes. difficult. And I think it's, uh, there is no rule about who will feel stressed or... Mm. Uh, feel anxious about situations it's not necessarily somebody who runs a business it could be anybody Mm -hmm. it could be a mum at home who uh, is looking after the children on their own and they might be feeling quite isolated and separated out from their community Mm -hmm. and that can be a a very stressful and lonely experience for them Mm -hmm. so finding strategies to help everybody is a really important step forward Mm -hmm. And that's that's what we intend to do. That's uh, at the Protective Behaviours Consortium. All our work mm. is focused around improving well-being, helping people to uh, understand the importance of feeling safe. And feeling safe is a fundamental human requirement. And if we feel safe, then generally we can cope with life's challenges and we have good well-being. Mm-hmm. And it's perhaps those times when we don't feel safe for whatever reason, mm-hmm. for whatever is going on on around us that we need to stop and take stock and listen to what our bodies are physically telling us as well Mm. as emotionally Mm. telling us and coming up with some strategies to regain some control and to feel safe again Mm -hmm. because that feeling safe is uh, it could be around danger of course and we're going to talk a bit more about that uh, as we go through the program but it could also be just not feeling able to relax to bring you know relax and have a be more mindful of the day and what's going on and how can I be tuned into my body more yes absolutely Mm. I think uh, if people are ignoring stress it builds up and Mm. it can become a more difficult condition to deal with and certainly can lead people into feeling uh, overwhelmed and depressed mm-hmm. uh, and and perhaps leading to more uh, significant issues for themselves. So if we can listen to our bodies and what our bodies are telling mm-hmm. us, uh, then we can we can take action. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there are lots of us who wake up in the early hours of the morning with our heads buzzing with all the things we haven't done or all the things we've got to do and how overwhelming they absolutely feel. And that's the, an important time to really uh, think about what is going on for us and find some strategies for changing that situation so that we can regain some balance in our lives so we can regain some control and choose the way that we deal with the quite often overwhelming list of jobs that need to be done 
I can see we're going to have a really interesting discussion today. Mm. Sounds really, really interesting. And of course, part of what we're discussing today is about teenagers. And I'm sure there's a lot of teenagers feeling stressed as well as parents of teenagers feeling stressed. And maybe they don't understand. Parents might not understand what the children are going to or the teenagers going through and vice versa. Yes, I think uh, that that's a very common situation. And there is always an assumption that every parent will understand what their pet, their teenage son or daughter is going through. And there is, an, uh, I guess, an unwritten rule the other day in the other direction that uh, teenagers don't believe that a parent will understand what they're going to, through. Mm-hmm. So finding some way to communicate what's going on from both points of view, from both the parents and the teenagers' point of view, is really important. Mm-hmm. Finding the permission and the the language to have conversations, which might feel difficult at times, but are very, very important so that issues around anxiety and stress uh, are dealt with, are, are brought to the forefront in family life, that they're not swept aside, that they can affect the whole functioning of the family as well as the, the well-being of each individual. Mm, great, that sounds really exciting. I'm looking forward to that. And we are here in the studio with um, Maria Huffer, who is CEO of Protective Behaviours. Um, mashallah, she's been very, very busy in um, working with adults working with children working with teenagers with protective behaviors for many many years and we were just talking about uh, about this before the nasheed maria about the stresses and what parents are going through and what teenagers are going through maybe we should talk a little bit more about that in um uh, because i know we're working together in yeah in developing this teenage program which is going to be out very very soon and uh, we're working really hard on this and a lot of the elements that have come up uh, for us that we are dealing with in the teenage program is the stresses that teenagers experience, uh, stresses that parents didn't experience in their age. And I was only listening to a radio show this morning on my way into work uh, on Radio 4, and they were talking about self-harm being on the rise, um, uh, bullying, online bullying, that uh, also on the rise, teenagers and young people having access to things online that parents didn't have and nobody had 10 years ago. And these are all kind of new things that are coming in that um, if if a young person is uh, self-harming themselves. Actually, there's websites, I believe, up there about self-harming themselves, how to even do it. And it's quite a Gosh, horrific yes. to hear these things yes. uh, that are up there and what's on, up there online. So in your experience, do you come across teenagers that, you know, as the stress has become too much for them, that this is a way that they do release stressed yes, by yes. doing these things. Yes, I have. And I, I, I've worked with teenagers for many, many mm-hmm. years and I'm doing so at the moment. And yes, self-harm is, is, is not a new concept. It's something that teenagers have been doing uh, probably, and not just teenagers, adults as well, mm-hmm. for, uh, and certainly within my own aware, awareness for probably around uh, at least 10, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. So I think the manifestation of stress and management of stress through self-harming isn't new. Perhaps what we perceive as adding to the mix is that there 
are greater challenges for young people than perhaps there have been before in that they are uh, surrounded by uh, and involved with media all the time and they get they don't really have a break they don't really have the space from uh, from people from the world mm. at large mm-hmm. it's constantly crowding in on them and how do they manage that when like everybody like, and, and adults perhaps are more aware of this they do recognize their need for quiet time for space to enjoy a safe place to know what a safe place feels like and i think perhaps part of the work that a parent can do with a a young person is to equip them with some other strategies for managing stress which helps to gradually divert them away from the need for self-harm which Mm -hmm. is a very self-harm is a very strong crisis intervention Mm -hmm. so if we can work with young people to manage stress at a lower level and in a broader context and deal with the actual issues that are challenging for them, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then uh, hopefully we can help them find a way forward. Mm -hmm. Because Uh, sometimes it is the young people isn't uh, taking control, uh, they feel they have control and this is why they release in this way and maybe same with eating habits, Uh, changing and things like this. So they, they... they try to get that control around themselves. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. How could you know, a parent, we've we lots of parents listening into the show now, and they're probably thinking about their teenagers. How could they recognise some of the signs earlier on? Um, I think it's very difficult sometimes to recognise the signs because sometimes our young people are very good at masking mm. how they feel and uh, hiding that away from parents and other adults. But I guess the clues are in the questions that you ask them. And a lot of people don't think to ask, perhaps even themselves, let alone their children and young people, how they're feeling. How are you feeling today? And gradually over time, with that question constantly being asked, a a young person will understand that they've got permission to talk about how they feel and recognise for for themselves how they feel. But I think if you're observing young people who might be withdrawing more than they uh, normally do, less engaging in conversation, physically and visibly more anxious than they have been in the past, then they might be signs that uh, this you know your child your young your uh, young person your teenager needs some support and it support can be uh, uh, support can be gained in lots of different ways it, it can be from you as a parent if a parent can feel confident enough to do so but there are other support mechanisms out there as well and quite often the gateway to some of that support can be through the GP Mm. or otherwise seeking support in school or in the college, perhaps if they're they're at college at that stage Mm -hmm. in life. But I think action is probably the the most important thing at this stage. To do nothing is not going to help either the parent or the young person. Mm. There needs to be some action to help that young person to feel safe again and take control of the world that they're existing within. That's very clear and very logical advice that you're you're giving indeed. And we would hope that parents would realise that there's something going on. But maybe 
the the child is very good at masking this and mm. just uh, appears as everything is okay. Come in, say hello, and then go up to their room. They have a lot of study to do. Th- pretending that everything is okay and there's they need to get on with their studies well in actual fact they're locking themselves in their room yes. because they're not coping well yes I, I think the approach then is certainly more a one step removed approach mm-hmm. um, I think sometimes it can be helpful when you get those opportunities to have a conversation with your young person about what things you do as an adult about the network of friends you might have, the network of support you might have as an adult, and just check in with them about the support network that they might have. Mm -hmm. And also really be reinforcing the fact that uh, it is okay to feel stressed and anxious and that there are things that they can do to help find a way forward. They don't have to deal with it on their own. And that's why keep visiting those uh, those essential networks with them and for them can be can be a vital part of finding a way forward. Mm-hmm. So it's having that open communication with with your child, having opportunities to talk to them, and and, and maybe over meal time together having yes, meal time together. That. Yeah, yes, which yes. Is, it sounds good. And how is your day? How's things going? Or maybe prayer times again, coming yes. together as a family. Um, spirituality in itself can help people to to distress also yes. and really having having those opportunities each day to so because i i can imagine in some households we know where especially if parents are busy and working maybe as well and children are busy and at school that life goes on so quickly that they hardly ever yes. see each other it's kind of hello hello salam salam and that's it and you don't really have those deep conversations often no that's absolutely mm. right um Having had teenagers of my own and uh, now one of those is a, a young adult coping with working life as, as well as uh, a, a lot of illness actually, his communication with me can be quite limited but mm. we really make an effort and it, and it can be quite a big effort mm. some days mm-hmm. to check in with each other so mm. every day he knows that I will always check in with him to see how he is, see how mm-hmm. he's feeling, to see how he's coping with life. Mm-hmm. And it's only a very short conversation, but the routine is there. The routine is mm-hmm. gradually built into his daily routine as mm-hmm. well. And he doesn't always share what's going on for him, but sometimes I will pick up from the responses that something is is bothering him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even if it's by his behaviour rather than what he's saying, I'll still have some inclination. Mm-hmm. And that then might lead me to try and have a, a bit more of an in-depth conversation or it might mean that I come up with some, once I start to have an understanding of what's going up with him, I might come up with some scenarios about how other people have dealt with those situations and being quite persistent in finding a, fa- a way forward. That's a uh, lovely idea, actually. I love that idea of uh, coming up with scenarios of other people mm. because it really removes the attention from him. You know, you're not yes, saying you're doing yes, this absolutely. or something's happened to you, but giving a similar example, so it gives him an idea idea of how to resolve it even if it's not the same situation yes absolutely I mean we always assume that young people have 
very good problem solving skills but that's mm-hmm. not necessarily the case mm-hmm. and they can't always see a, an obvious way forward until mm-hmm. that's presented to them mm-hmm. and I think using this one step removed approach this kind of third person approach is a, a more gentle way to show them that there are other options mm-hmm. uh, for dealing with whatever their immediate perhaps crisis is or their immediate issues are mm-hmm. wonderful indeed and how do you pick up that on the phone listening to his voice in a tone of his voice or the words he say how exactly are you tuned in i think it is about tuning in um and yes it, it i i kind of pick it up from his voice although he's one of these young men with a very monotone uh, (laughs) voice so that can be hard Mm -hmm. Um, but yes it's about recognizing when I'm getting uh, a response which is slightly different to the one which I would uh, normally expect from him Mm -hmm. it might not be very much Mm -hmm. it might be an additional phone call um when I, perhaps I'm away or it mm. might be uh, a text during the day when he's out at work things that would indicate to me that the, he just wants to make some communication he's not quite sure how to go about it mm-hmm. so I need to create some kind of communication channel to get there mm. there have been times when he has been so distressed and I've used this with other teenagers as well that he's not able to articulate the issues for himself Mm -hmm. and we've used a pen and paper Mm -hmm. and he has written down even on separate little squares of paper exactly what the issue is just one word Mm -hmm. just one word and that helps to find a way forward and you and that really is part of the process I think for Uh, dealing with stress and anxiety being able to share those worries is incredibly important that's part of the action that's needed and that certainly uh, works with teenagers once they're able to express what's going on for themselves which they can find hard to do Mm -hmm. then they will start to find a way forward with you they can start to unravel for themselves what feels like an overwhelming morass in their minds to quite discreet issues uh, that different people might be able to help them with. Mm, So it's not just the one person. It's not just always mum or always dad. There might be somebody else there able to help them with that. Yes, Mm. and I think constant communication even when there's resistance from your teenager, is essential so that they understand how effective communication can be Mm. when it's done in a a uh, non-threatening way, a non-judgmental way, because I think that's that's the only way you are going to reach your teenager. Uh, Once judgments and and perhaps uh, aggressive tones start to enter a conversation, then they will switch off. Mm. as any adult would do as well. So the communication has to be uh, using the right language, uh, the right approach, the tone has to be the right tone, otherwise the communication isn't going to be effective. I think that communication is about checking who your young person is linking in with, Mm -hmm. who are the people that they are seeing, and they might only throw out a name now and again, but gradually over time you will pick up a bigger picture. 
So it's about being patient, yeah. about being persistent, mm-hmm. about using safe language, so mm-hmm. language that is invitational, mm-hmm. not command mode, mm-hmm. and not judgmental in any way. Wow, well, just as you're saying that, it links in so much with the Islamic faith and how people should be dealing with their teenagers and dealing with each other. And but especially with teenagers, because we have a very famous saying about children, play with them for seven, teach them for seven and be friends with them for seven. So in the teenage years, it is a friendship you should have with them. And if you were going to talk to your best friend who you w- felt they were they had some worries, would you be shouting at them? I don't think very no, many people would no. be. They would be there very open and listening and want to find out more and really engaging. Yes. And so they, they should be the same with their own teenage children because it's the same relationship they should be having. And it's almost crea- creating a new relationship because the relationship you have with your teenager is not the same re- relationship that a parent had with their four-year-old and five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Their needs are very different. Mm-hmm. And part of the relationship with a, a teenager is equipping them for independence, for adult life. And if we don't offer them the skills uh, to do that, then then we're not helping them. So if we're not offering them an understanding about how to manage stress and anxiety, uh, then th- we're not equipping them for future life mm-hmm. because there is no doubt that future life will still include stressful moments, times when they've got to do something very quickly or under pressure or step out of their comfort zone Mm -hmm. and and do something that they really don't want to do. Those times will definitely be there. But part of teenage life is understanding that and knowing that there are things that they can do to help them manage that. Well, I'm going to have to do something I don't want to do now, but I'm going to have to stop and go into a commercial break, I'm afraid, because we're there at halfway through the show already. Uh, but listeners, do tune in to us after this commercial break, inshallah, where there's a lot more information from Maria about how to deal with your teenager. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> 